So hello everyone, welcome to the Swing for the Fences podcast. I'm your host John Lucasar. With me today is Tyler McGuire, who is a one uh, fighting championship middleweight. Um, you fight in April, am I right? April fourth? No. April seventh. April seventh against. Uh, well, it'll be the eighth in, in Singapore, and then the seventh yeah. in the state. I'm not sure uh, in Europe what day it'll be. I don't know. So these time zones get. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fighting Raymond Magomed Bialef, Aliyev, yeah. Yeah, good luck with that. I don't even try. I just <laughs> Raymond. Let's go with Raymond. Um, he's seven one. Am I right? Yes. And uh, with regards to, I mean, you look up at the card. There's Eddie Alvarez. There's Demetrius Johnson. How does that feel for you as a guy who's quite a high up on the card? You're not low. It's not like you're the first card. How does that feel? mentally uh it's an awesome feeling uh especially since this is kind of one's uh, big push into the, into the united states market um you know on uh, tnt and you know instead of fighting at 5 30 in the morning u.s time or whatever it normally is it's 5 30 evening so it's prime time uh and then because of those big names on the card i know there will be a lot more uh, eyes uh, on, on the show and it's, it's just a great great opportunity because in my opinion i've been to you know, a lot of the major promotion shows and all that. I think one uh, does the best job at, at like the, the whole pageantry and like all the, you know, the mixed martial arts and like the um, setting the stage for the fights. Um, they have amazing facilities. Their cage is amazing. Um, so I think it's really it's, it's awesome to be a part of that that showcase in the United States market. Um, and I'm actually excited. So I met uh, Mighty Mouse um, at, a, at a one of the when he was back in UFC. In one of the shows there, but I haven't met Eddie yet, so I'm pretty pretty stoked for the opportunity to meet Eddie. So he's a legend. So yeah, and and uh, mentally, obviously, he's a guy that's seven zero one. He lost only once by decision, never been stopped. How do you feel that you know you're looking at him and thinking I could stop him, I could be the first guy to stop him, or are you looking at it just I want to win? Uh, well, so this fight is actually the last fight on my contract. So um, if any fighter will tell you, like, you want to make a statement um, with that, you know, obviously it's never personal or anything, but I mean, he is the man standing in the way of make, me making more money and potentially a title shot. Um, yeah. So as far as like records and stuff like that, like he's got two arms, two legs, and he needs air to breathe. So that's, that's, that's how I approach it. Um, it's a business trip. It's always a business trip. You know, from when I first came in and was fighting Sapo, who was like 65 and 10 at the time with like 38 knockouts, you know what I mean? Like, in, in the end, like, it's just, you know, two men in the cage, um, and it's just, you know, may the better man win. So uh, I don't think there's any, like, anything extra with this. It's just a matter of uh, I need to go out and execute. Um, and I think, you know, I, with, with the exception of me, you know, dropping that, that world title loss, but, I mean, I've, I've approached things a certain way for this to be my 20th fight. Uh, I've had a pretty good track record with it, and I don't plan on changing anything. So. And speaking of the title fight that you um, unfortunately lost, First of all, you were, what, a minute away from going to a decision, which isn't that bad, considering it's a title fight. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're proud of that. No? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going, well, yeah. And it's, it's even more heartbreaking because it was like 26 seconds from going to a decision. So it's even more like, yeah. just, you know, <laughs> one of ones, you're just, ah. But, you know, when you put your, when you put everything on the line for millions of people, like, that's, that's what happens. So. Yeah. And, and let's say you win. I mean, hopefully for you, you do win. Um, do you want a, a rematch with your own, with your loss, or do you want maybe to go for the title fight and, and go for bigger, better things? No, I want the title fight uh, for sure. You know, I mean that's the ultimate prize. Um, you know, 
there's like the prideful part of me, you know, obviously wants that one back. Uh, and I'm actually hoping, you know, if I get it, if I get a hold of this title, uh, that Sebastian goes on a winning streak. Cause I want to give him, I want to give him a rematch. You know what I mean? Like is uh, he's, he's an excellent fighter. I know he just dropped one, uh, you know, with that uh, submission loss, you know, and then I beat Agalon. So we're on two different career trajectories at this point. And I mean, I know he'll bounce back. The guy works harder than anybody, you know, he's, 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 he's an amazing fighter. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm focused on the title. Um, you know, I know that the champ, uh, he's a shark, you know, like he's, he's wrecking everybody. Um, and I, but I think I match up well with him because, you know, he likes to create, for lack of a better term, car wrecks, you know what I mean? He just explodes and this and that. And I think that, you know, I do well in, in those, in those situations. So, uh, yeah, but my eyes are always on the title. Who's ever, whoever has it. So, cause yeah. you can't let, you can't, you can't let feelings get caught up in this. Cause then you kind of lose sight of what your goal is. So, yeah. And in terms of training, obviously there's a whole pandemic going on. I'm not sure you heard about it, um, yeah. but, uh, how do you feel, you know, do you manage to do training as much as you wanted to, or are you, you feel a bit like you're halfway through and. I mean, I know the fight is a couple of weeks out, but do you feel fully prepared? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, you know, with the whole like COVID vaccine rollout and all that, you know, people, things are starting to open back up. Um, and then plus, you know, I train with pretty much the same people, a very small group of people, um, obviously for two reasons. One, to, to reduce the risk of spreading it to other people. Uh, but yeah, I, I've specific times where I do my strength and conditioning. It's just me and like a strength coach. Um, and then I do have at night, I have like three or four guys that are always there, the same people, you know, we've kind of like put ourselves in a bubble, if you will, uh, to be able to get a full on training camp. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready, uh, you know, and then when, uh, whenever, when the fight happens and the result happens, you know, it's not from lack of being prepared. So there's going to be no excuses. Yeah. And your opponent, obviously he's in that whole, uh, Sambo fighter style that have come into the MMA um, where yeah. recently, you know, he's same discipline as Khabib. Do you feel there's that certain aspect of, you know, I'm an American fighter in your case, fighting a guy who, you know, has a sambo background. Do you want to prove that maybe, you know, an American or not even an American, but someone who isn't a sambo fighter can beat them as opposed to, you know, it's this invincible discipline in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, you pick a dude out and like any Dajestani that you see, you know, if he's got a beard, like he's going to be one of the toughest people you ever fight in your life, regardless of a Sambo background, like everybody from that part of the world is a killer, you know, like they're, you know, they're, they're hungry uh, and they treat, they approach every fight like a real fight. Uh, as far as the Sambo thing, I, I honestly, I don't know what to think about that because honestly, like, to me, like Sambo champ to Russia is like a golden gloves boxer in America. Like I feel like everybody in Russia does Sambo. So like, I don't really know, like, you know, I know he's a Sambo champ and all that, but in the end, like, <laughs> there is like that, you know, that Rocky, like Russia versus United States element to it or whatever. But I mean, I don't really, I don't really look at it that way. Um, to me, like I said, he's just another opponent, um, you know, and then if I beat him then there's another Russian, I got to beat to win the world title. So uh, they've got a pretty good stranglehold, um, you know, and I know yeah. that one is looking at this being kind of like whoever wins this is going to potentially go on to check the title. So. Um, but no, the Russia versus United States thing, like I know that, that makes for good uh, media and all that, but in the end, it's just two dudes that are gonna punch each other in the face. So <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's as simple. Yeah, as that. yeah. I don't. I, I'm a pretty simple guy. Like I don't like read into any like you know, storylines or anything like that. Like that's just a that's just a dude across the cage for me that I've got to go through. So, <laughs> and uh, with regards to you know, I mean, recently the UFC had a problem with. Uh, weight cutting there was a female fighter a couple weeks ago that fainted 
one obviously do it a different way as you know yeah. um how what do you think about that i mean it's obviously it's a, a, a question that's been asked a number of times but do you feel like you're stronger like better fit you know does it make a difference to you or um so I mean, for me personally like uh when i so for 185 and one is actually the welterweight class so even yeah. when i was going to getting on the 70 like i'm not a very big uh welterweight you know what i mean like some of these guys are coming in they're huge like i'm usually weighing in like 182 183 um on fight night or yeah on fight night and uh but no i like, as far as like the hydration thing i think that's a huge step i'm a huge fan of it uh i know like because I've been in some at some places where everybody's cutting and everybody's angry, everybody's mean mugging each other. But like you see fight week on like for one behind the scenes, like people are laughing, joking because they're doing what hey, they're doing what they love. You know what I mean? There's no animosity here. Um, I mean, you know, the, you, every once in a while you have the, the dork that wants to try to mean mug, but for the most part, um, you know, it's fight week's pretty relaxed. You know, because we're not cutting. Uh, you know, you might like run off a pound or something like that, but like you're hydrated. It's not like you're losing 20 pounds. And you know, and then then they, I know one gets a lot of flack for like the they don't have the Ustada like the UFC. Um, but really, like, I, I look at it as even if the guy that I'm standing across from for weigh-ins and one, even if he is on PEDs, whatever. Like, that means he's just weak-minded. And then if he, you know, that same guy, though, he's going to be the same size the next night. Like, to me, so to me, it's like, what's a bigger advantage? Like, a guy who, who's, who did steroids or whatever, maybe, or the guy that puts on 30 pounds overnight because of water. Right. So like, to me, like putting on an extra 30 pounds, like, is they were just better at cutting weight or whatever. And now they're, now they have me by 10 pounds on fight night. Like that's a bigger advantage than some dude just who's on steroids or whatever. So yeah. um, I personally love it. Uh, I know one um, I started to talk about and look and implement their PED testing program as well. So hopefully I'll have the best of both worlds, you know, the, the testing program and uh, the non-weight cutting. So, cause I only walk around at like 107, 186. So it's not, yeah. You know, it's easy. So, but, uh, yeah. And you're speaking about how your contract is coming to an end now. Um, where do you see yourself after the contract ending and maybe even two, three years later down the line? Um, so I'd like to stay with one. Um, really, I guess the ball will be in their court. Um, you know, I came in with um, a contract, you know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm paid, I paid fairly for, for where I was at. Um, but now, like, you look at my strength of schedule, um, you know, I've been, everybody that I fought up to this point has either fought for the title or had the title. So like my strength of schedule is ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I'm fighting all their top guys, right? And you know the winner of this fight is going to go on to probably challenge for the title, right? So um, when it comes to contract negotiations, you know that's going to come into play. Obviously, you know how, you know the COVID situation while losing a year. So um, you know that's that's just one of the things that one and I will, will have to will have to discuss. Um, but at the same time, like you know wanting to win the one the one world championship that that has a pretty strong um, allure. So. Um, you know, me and you know, Juan and I, like, they, have a, they have a great team, you know, uh, uh, Rick Audi, he's the director of operations. I've got a great, great relationship with him. Um, so you guys know uh, Misha Tate, VP, like, you know, I have a good relationship with her. So like, everything's good. It's just a matter of just my agent or my manager talking with them and getting that crap worked out. So I can just focus on fighting. Um, as far as like down the line, I'm really, it kind of depends, you know, I'm being 35, I'm on the back nine of my career. Um, so uh, really, I'm, just, I'm taking it fight by fight, uh, honestly, you know, just kind of see where this goes. You know, I don't want to be the guy, I don't want to be, turn into like a BJ Penn where, you know, you're getting caved for the last six fights of your career, you know, and like, you know, I have a five-year-old daughter. That's not how, that's not how I want her to remember my MMA career. Um, right now, she remembers me being you know, winning fights. So that's how I'd like to, I'd like to keep that memory. Um, but yeah, so I'm just taking it fight by fight and then we'll see, we'll see what happens. I don't have any plans on retiring uh, in the near future, but, you know, obviously 
you know, the MMA is what have you done for me lately game. So, you know, things can change pretty quick. So, yeah. And uh, final question, you went professional. Uh, so you had an undefeated amateur record, am I right? Yes. Yeah. I was six and oh. yeah, in, in 2015, you went professional, am I right? That was that your yep. first profession? How yeah, and actually, that was, was only because my coach talked me into it. Like him and I joked that if he would, he would have talked me into going pro, I'd probably still be an amateur. Like, <laughs> so I never thought I was good enough. So, so I mean, you basically answered my question. But how difficult was it to actually transition from amateur? Like the punches, did they feel harder? Was the weight cut even harder? Or how how was it mentally and physically? Uh no, honestly, it was just the biggest thing was mentally. Uh, you know because. When you're an amateur, you kind of have a safety net because the record really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. of course, everybody wants to win, but like, if you lose, it doesn't matter. As soon as you go pro, it resets. But once you go pro, like, that's it, right? Like, if you have a if you have an off night, that sticks with you forever, right? Nobody cares. If, you know, you can go zero and thirty as an amateur, but if you go five and zero as a pro, like, nobody's gonna remember that. Or they're gonna be. I mean, it's the greatest. You're like Rudy at that point, the greatest turnaround ever. But um, at that point, like, nobody cares. So that was the biggest thing. Uh, and then my coach, um, so I'm down in Tucson, Arizona, Apex MMA now, but like uh, up there, uh, I was training at Sick Jitsu with uh, Rick Little, um, and uh, who I still have a great relationship. He's still one of my mentors and coaches. Um, and he, but he talked to me, he's like, you're going to go pro. If you're going to fight, you're going to go pro. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be. And then I go out and I just smash the dude like a minute. And then from then on, and like when I was on the regional scene, like I was fighting anywhere from 170 to 205. Like I like I, there's yeah. a I feel like on YouTube there's like a 12 second knockout that I have. I was fighting at two. I was 188 pounds, 185 pounds, and the guy was 205. But I just I just wanted to fight at that point. So so yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, like it's um, the regional scene was was a good time. A little crazy sometimes, like last minute. And that's the other thing. You know, the regional scene is as a pro is like like your your opponent can just change fight night, right? Like you know, and I had that you know, I had to happen once or twice. So uh, but yeah, that was the biggest thing is just accepting like this is the real deal. Like if you have an off night, it stays with you forever. And I think that's what really like motivates me when I train. It's like, you know, you can't afford a bad night in MMA. So yeah, you pay the price. It's a, it's a violent <laughs> sport. <so. laughs> yeah, obviously. Well, thank you for joining me. I don't want to uh, take your time. I understand you're busy. So um, uh, thank you for joining me. Wish you luck, obviously. And uh, I'll talk to you maybe later. Hopefully I'll, uh, I'll contact you for another interview, maybe. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Sounds good. All right, bye-bye. Thank you.